0: Welcome to the How Great Events Happen Podcast. I'm Brooke. And I'm Cody, and we are your podcast hosts, coming to you from the Cvent Podcast Studio in beautiful downtown Portland, Oregon.
1: Before we get to today's topic, read more about today's episode on the Cvent blog at cvent.com slash podcast. And we say it all the time. We're not lying. We love to hear from you guys. Send us those emails over at podcast at cvent.com.
0: That's right. We love hearing from you. And today's episode is focused on those events that you attend as a trade show participant.
1: That's right. We talked to Dakota Davis about how she activates the trade show booth to get the most out of all of those marketing spend. And she also had some really great ideas about what she calls side events, those additional experiences outside of the trade show floor.
0: So let's hear from Dakota.
1: Thank you so much for joining us, Dakota. It's really a pleasure to have you with us. Thanks for
2: having me. I'm I'm really excited.
1: So let's just start off with the easy question and just giving us a little bit background about what your role is and how you're part of the meetings and events industry.
2: Yeah, so I joined the MarSIS team about four years ago, and um, currently I'm the regional marketing director for MarSIS and um, oversee the experience-focused programs for MarSIS, and currently working on... Some more initiatives focused on employee and customer advocacy and even direct mail.
0: Great. Well, how much time do you spend working with live events and what does that look like?
2: So when we launched or when we opened our office in the U.S. a little over four years ago, so I started when um, we really started in the in the U.S., really no one knew who Emarsis was. So a big Part of our strategy was going to trade shows, going to live events, and really trying to create brand awareness and getting our name out there. So all my time for some time was spent on um, the planning, the strategy, really at first it was which events make sense for us to go to and testing different events. And then as you know, there's the pre-planning that goes into it, the ordering the Wi-Fi, electrical, the booth, the giveaways shipping to an event, and then there's the event execution as well, set up, tear down, um, making sure it's staffed and goes smoothly. So majority of my time is spent doing um, all of those things. And now I've you know, been able to expand my team and be more strategical in my approach. But yes, every, every little detail matters when it comes to events.
1: I think the stat is, something like 40% of marketing budgets are spent on events. I think that's the the statistics I've heard. And so then there's this like pressure, I'm sure you feel it, to get the most out of every marketing dollar that we're putting in when we're going to those trade shows and things. I know when we talked to you originally, you mentioned uh, something about like, quote unquote, winning the event, um, which I thought was really interesting. Can you tell us a little bit more about what that means for you?
2: yeah, so um, like I said, we we have obviously events like you mentioned are take a lot of our budget, but still we we aren't the you know, we don't have unlimited budget. So we had to think, how do we go to these large trade shows where our competitors are at, who do have unlimited budgets to stand out from the crowd? So we try to think of how are we going to win the event with limited budget and um, really show ROI? So and a lot of that goes into the strategy of okay, so we go to this event, how can we create experiences that people will walk away and be like, wow, that was just a really cool experience or they were touched in some way? And I think humanizing um, some of these experiences when it can feel like so noisy when you go to these trade shows and everyone sounds the same, you see you read the same things. So how can we tie in our clients into giveaways? How can we do side events at these large trade shows? To make us really stand out, and um, for people to like walk away with something—not just like a pen or a notebook, but something that means something more that they will actually use, or something that was our clients, and where we can stand out amongst our competitors.
1: This is the challenge, right? Like how can you stand out in hundreds of exhibitors when you, with these people who have a few minutes to, and where are they going to spend their time and how do you get them over to your booth? And it sounds like you've done some really cool activations in the past. What activations have you seen work really well at trade shows?
2: So some of the activations, I think, um, again, are, are using our client's at a trade show giveaway, but then also having these side events that all that tie everything in together. So, um, for example, one of the cool things that we did was we go to um, actually at IRCE and then at um, ETEL East, we go to baseball games. We've done to a Cubs game and a Boston Red Sox game, and Stan Sox is one of our customers. So we got Boston Red Sox, and then we got Cubs socks that we had at our booth. Um, So we were able to tell a story and really tell like, and then part of our messaging at our booth was knock marketing out of the park, or we could have, you know, different KPIs on there. But it was the way to tell a story, but in a different way that was also fun and engaging and also a really cool giveaway that someone wants or they want to bring their kids and then obviously attending an experience like a baseball game is something that you're you're not going to forget or you really wanted to do when you're in Boston and traveling there but maybe your company wasn't going to pay for you to also attend or you did not want to pay for it yourself so it was a cool way for us to get to know and humanize some of these some of these events and make us have a more personal relationship you know i think that's a huge key here as we you know all of our Digital marketing companies are preaching are preaching personalization, but how are we actually doing it ourselves? And I think some of these ways are great ways to get in front of our customers and prospects and show them that you know we're not just preaching it, but we're also doing it in um, in those ways as well.
1: I'm sure you get like an audience to something like a baseball game that you wouldn't for a luncheon learn or something <laughs> as well.
2: Exactly, and you have to think of that as well. There's so many invitations our prospects and people we want to get in front of are are getting asked to do. So how do you make those stand out too?
0: Yeah. And and Dakota, you mentioned those side events. Now, how effective are those side events, you know, like dinners and happy hours?
2: Yeah, so very effective. And there's times where I'm like, gosh, does it even make sense to be at these large, these large shows? But it does, because I think it's that whole full circle. It's them going to some of these side events. Um, Another cool side event that we did is a dinner at 11 Madison Park. And it's, something that someone wouldn't be able to maybe go do themselves or haven't been able to get into the, get in there to go to, go to dinner or set the time away. But then when you can get in front of them and, and be, be a person and have normal conversation, but then still learn and ask questions about Emarsis. I think it just, it builds that connection. I always think people buy from people that they like. And so I think we always have to remember that when we're, when we're selling, when we're out. Um, at an event. These people are humans also, even though sometimes it's a means to an end. We want, you know, we want that deal and ourselves will want that deal, but how can we really create that connection where we want the best for them today and moving forward for their business, for their career, et cetera.
1: Yeah. So you mentioned baseball games, you've mentioned dinner at places they probably can't get a reservation to just on the fly. What is your favorite best side event that you've done in the past? And tell us a little bit more about why it's your favorite and how it was so effective.
2: So my favorite is, um, so NRF is a show in January and it's kicking off the year and huge show with, it's probably one of the biggest shows we attend. And it, there is talk about noise. There is so much noise and there are so many things people can get invited to do. And, um, when we were thinking about, okay, what can this, what can our side event be? What can be our overall strategy? We thought of dinner and a show. And so we would take, we took prospects and clients to, um, one of the years we did Aladdin and the next year we did Lion King, a Broadway show and a dinner. So, We were able to create an experience with them. And I think we've got so many takeaways, people that were like messaging us afterward, be like, that was one of the coolest experiences just because they were, you know, it's that time of year that it it felt so special. It was able to take a step away from the noise, from the trade show and actually get away, have dinner and connect and learn about marces, but then be able to just sit and enjoy a show and not feel like you're bombarded with a sales pitch, and just to enjoy yourself. I think we got such great responses from that. And just um, the ability to connect with people on that level was,
1: was probably one of my favorites. How do I get on that list? I want to go to uh, cool. a show.
0: <laughs> Seriously. <laughs> the
1: show sounds I, fabulous. Know. <laughs> I know. I'm sometimes like
2: being um, a prospect, this doesn't seem that bad because there's a lot of cool things that they get to do. So, so I agree.
0: sign me up. Yeah. I'm just thinking when you were mentioning all that, like how much time it must take to actually like execute all that, you know, how can you be strategic when planning experiences for customers and prospects?
2: I think obviously you have to think about budget when you're when you're starting to plan. And you know, my more my role now is not as much the execution piece of actually going to the show and doing, even though I still do. But it's, it's thinking that strategic piece of okay, how can we achieve aligning with our business goals, these events and these experiences. And so I think you again have to think of unique ways how to leverage your customers. I think that if anyone can go back to you have to think of ways to like showcase and leverage your customers because they feel a part of it. And a lot of times your customers are really cool stuff to give away also. So I think it, it goes back to what is your purpose at this event? What are your goals and how can we really, you know, go back and leave people with an experience that they want to remember and reach out to us. I mean, I've had people send me packages in the mail being like, thank you so much for, for inviting me to attend this. And I'm like, gosh, you know, I feel like almost guilty. I'm like, well, you know, can you sign the, can you sign the contract? But i um, just kidding. <laughs> but I think a lot of times it just goes back to just wanting to be meaningful and purposeful um, when you're planning and, and thinking about each step in the journey.
1: And I'm sure once you execute an event like a really awesome dinner and a show, the minute you get back into that office, all your stakeholders are asking for what you got out of that experience from the sales perspective. Um, How do you prove ROI for all of these awesome experiences that you're creating?
2: So we, um, we really always talk about the math of marketing and it goes into everything that we think about. And I wish that that wasn't, you know, we didn't have to think and get, get bombarded with questions like that when we got back, but we definitely track leads opportunities from an event. So once, once we go to an event and we tag them to an event or tag them to a campaign, we're tracking that for, for quite some time to see, okay, do we get a meeting with them? Did we get an opportunity? Did it close one and then i always think there's there's untrackable measurements right like there's the overall happiness of your customers when you take them to an experience that they're sending a note or posting on linkedin um, i think that stuff goes a long way and i think sometimes we forget about those those impacts as well and we can't always just look at numbers because I, I think if your client shares on their social media a great experience their network are unlimited. And we can't necessarily always track that back, but um, I think we have to look at that as well. And then there's always the brand awareness piece, Um, just being able to be at those shows, getting our name out there. A lot of people go to those. and If they don't see you there, they probably won't buy from you because they maybe don't think you're legit, et cetera. So I think a big thing is obviously there's numbers and we have to show ROI, but then also looking at just creating experiences that people want to share.
1: Yeah. It's almost like a long term ROI that you see f- for that, you know, just keeping those customers happy, they that brand awareness. I mean, I'm sure you see a lot of short term ROI, but this is a does good for many years to come, so that's great. So, I always I always like to ask experts where they get their ideas, what resources you use to kind of keep the pulse of what's the cool new fun activation ideas. What do you have on your email list of or publications that you look up?
2: Oh gosh. Um I feel like I, I try to take in a lot of different and and sometimes it seems like maybe won't be the extra I'm not looking necessarily looking at just events, but I think when you're looking at experiences, you can see that stuff everywhere you go. I actually a a woman just came in and spoke about a really cool experience. She started creating a company, and it sounds silly, but off creating bras because she realized there was no good experience when you went in to try a bra and every woman has had trouble or feel like they can't find a bra. And so what does that experience look like when you go into a store to be able to find it and leave it like, gosh, like I found a bra that fits. Um, but I think that same thing can apply anywhere you go. I think we've all left places and we're like, wow, that was such a cool experience, or unique experience or the way they t- treated me and the way they made me feel. I think you can't ever take that stuff for granted now. And I think brands more than ever are getting challenged because we have social media. We have, if you didn't like an experience, you are posting it on um, Yelp or you are, you're posting it. So I, I try to really look at those experiences really everywhere I go. Um, obviously listen to podcasts, LinkedIn. I'm in, and even when I go to an event, I'm always looking and seeing what what's out there, but I think more than ever, we need to start looking at Experiences, not just you know, siloed, but overall in our in our life and how we can really apply those to what we're doing. And um, I even think the way we treat our employees. I think that experience can can broaden how we how we go and treat our customers. Um, I think we have to always think about the larger picture and really take in those experiences, really everyday experiences, and apply them to our jobs and our life. Oh my
1: gosh, I totally agree. I. I have an addiction to trash TV. <laughs> I watch every Real Housewives franchise. I'm being very vulnerable right now because it's not exactly super classy. But I mean, they do crazy stuff, these Housewives. And I often take inspiration from some of the stuff they're doing, like yes. sitting yeah, in a salt cave or something you're like saying with axe people. throwing, right? Yeah, axe yeah. throwing. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah. I, so I like what you said. You know, You just kind of have to look at your everyday life and take inspiration from wherever you can.
2: Yes. And I think now with even social media and Instagram, I mean, I think there's some brands that are doing a phenomenal job of, of tying in so many cool aspects that you're like mind blown. I'm like, God, these people are so creative that we just have to, like you said, yeah, take in the good and the bad with even the trash TV. There's so many, you you can take pieces really from everywhere that you look. So I think that's um, what I try to do the most and, and see where it's most impactful.
1: Well, we have the one question we always ask at the end of an interview, which is, what else do you think this audience needs to know about winning the event, activations, getting the most out of these marketing dollars that you're putting into trade shows?
2: Oh, gosh. What do I think they need to know the most? Put
1: you on the spot, Dakota. Yeah, that's
2: okay. (laughs) I think the biggest thing um, is think through the lens of your customer and prospect. I think it's so easily we can get buried down with objectives and what is getting pushed from our leadership and you need to do, just execute. And I think sometimes the word execute just seems so, I don't know, corporate And so just, do, you know, do A, B, and C, and you're going to get, you know, D. And I think sometimes we have to really think like, gosh, like it, it seems like this is a perfect example. We're trying to, we're doing G2. We're trying to get G2 reviews on E-Marsis. Well, you know, it seems such an easy task. Get these marketers to write a review. Okay. When's it? And I want to push back and say, when's the last time any of our leadership has written a review? And so I think, unless it's maybe a bad review or like I said on Yelp or something, but it's, it seems such an easy task. And I think sometimes we have to just look at the lens of like, okay, what things would um, they find useful or helpful? Or I, th- I think you have to always put yourself in their shoes and sometimes take yourself out of your day-to-day and your your checklist and think like, is this even impacting them? Is this even making a benefit for our customer, our prospects, or is this just a checklist I'm supposed to be doing? And I think always pushing back on some of those, you know, more corporate day-to-day initiatives and think of and try to think of the bigger picture because I think that's when you see the most success and um, that's when you really start winning. I think that's solid
1: advice. Put yourself in the customer's shoes, something that I like to do as well as is- figure out what persona I am trying to reach, or maybe it's a title. If I'm trying to reach VPs, go to the VPs in my company and ask them what they've interacted with recently that's made an impact or what would convince them to show up for a dinner or something like that.
2: Exactly. I think that's, that's huge. And I think we, yeah, from a sales perspective, you have to do that because like you said, the VP is going to be different than what a CMO wants or what an end user wants. I think we always have to put our eyes and, um, understand where our customer and where they are and what they need.
0: Well, Dakota, this was awesome. Thank you so much for your time.
1: You're so welcome. Thank you for having me. Cody, do you think Dakota maybe thinks less of me because I'm obsessed with the Real Housewives?
0: <laughs> maybe, but you did make a really good point. It's so interesting to hear how Dakota comes up with these fun activation ideas.
1: I know. How do we get on one of those?
0: I don't know. But you know, if you want to hear more, head on over to cvent.com slash podcast.
1: And we want to hear from you. We want to know what you want to learn about. So email us at podcast at cvent.com and tell us what topics you want us to explore. Or, hey, if you're an expert, let us know and we can have you on the podcast.
0: Yeah, see you next week where we're going to talk about the role of travel managers. Carla Pierce will join us to share some insights about a recent report that Cvent released.
1: Until then, we encourage you to subscribe, share, and follow us on Cvent social media. All right, bye. Bye.